On this episode of the After the Timeout podcast, in partnership with the Illinois Basketball Coaches Association, we welcome Sergio Murrow, head boys basketball coach at Maine East. We talked to Coach Murrow about building a program, taking over a program where he played, running a feeder program for your high school, and much, much more. As always, thank you for listening to the After the Timeout podcast. All right, as always, Coach, we're going to start out with the opening tip. Uh, first and foremost, give us a little uh, background on, on Maine East and what you guys got going to start the year. You guys have had a good start to the year. Um, um, before we get to the second part, but, yeah, just give us a little background, kind of what you guys look like. If you want to shout out any of your guys, coaches, you know, anything like that, let our listeners know what you guys are all about. Yeah, um, <clears throat> we're we're off to a solid start, four and two um four and two um with some you know nice wins early in the year against some some really uh high level programs um so we're off to a four and two and, and um i think um I, you know our i think more importantly our our boys uh, our team is just they're very um we're very scrappy you know um, i mean you probably watch us up in the layup lines you're kind of like man this is not going to go well for the blue demons you know and you know next thing you know you got guys flying all over the court you know, sharing the basketball um, and play with a lot of energy and intensity. So I, I think that's off. I think that's off to uh, we're off to a really solid start. Um, but we also know that um, it's an early season, and we need to maintain our our you know our values, our integrity, our our you know the process of trying to be a competitive team. So we're just we're just trying to you know we're just trying to you know get better every day and, and maintain what we're doing right now. Um, so it's going to be a shout out to all everybody from Mainies, uh, anybody rooting for the Mainies Blue Demons here. That's that's awesome. That's awesome, Coach. Yeah, I've checked out some of your scores. I've seen video video here and there. It's hard when we're all coaching to try to catch everyone. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. Especially live. Sometimes you got to dig to find it too, and all that stuff. But uh, yeah. So second part of the question is, uh, you're you're the fourth coach there in 23 years. That's a pretty stable, right? Coaching. Uh, coaching environment, especially when you look at the landscape of coaching now when you have guys taking one job and then they left, you know, before the season even starts or, mm -hmm. or you know, something happens late in the season, before the season starts and there's a coaching change, you know, with admin or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. What do you think has, you know, kind of, at, at the different schools you have, what leads to that coaching stability and maybe what, what you see at Maine East that, that's helped that process? Yeah, I think I think if a if a coach stays at the school for um quite quite some time, I think one thing um I've noticed is and you know through may, maybe at Maine East and this is kind of what I think um, why coaches get you know are stable in, in certain programs. I I, I think n number one and foremost the players. I think it's the players that keep coaches at that one spot, right? Um, um, you know, I, I think Coach Bailey has stayed at St. Pat's for 29 years because he's ha always had good players and players who love basketball and, and, and love the school. So I think it's very similar. It's, I think it's, it can be very similar to Maynese, that Maynese, you know, um, wh whether they're not the mo maybe most skilled or talented players, right? Um, and it, it's it, maybe it's not that it's also the the characters of the of the of the players at at, at Maine East that maybe has stabilized that you know um, I'm a former alum at Maine East you know um, so I I, I kind of get a good idea of what the what the players are there 
uh, and understand the challenges uh, that they, they may face. Um, so I, I really think that why it's been stable is because of the, the type of kid and the type of players that we get. So I think that leads perfectly into our kind of our first question for you today. Um, and we, you know, obviously you came from St. Pat's, which is a very successful program. So it may be a little bit of a, a two-parter is, you know, what made you want to leave and, and return home to Maine East? And then what are some of the challenges of coaching where you attended? Yeah. Um, it was, it was really tough to leave St. Pat's. It, I mean, it was really tough. I loved my role there. Um, you know, coach Bailey, you know, uh, he made it known that it was everybody's program, right. Not just his, that, he, you know, he gave you so much input and included you and included me and everything. Um, and I, I think when the job opened up, you know, some people did, you know, call me and say, Hey man, you should look at this a little bit. You should investigate this job here. And, you know, I did, um, I, I, I did investigate it. It was like, you know, it, it is my, it is my former high school. Um, I grew up in the community. Uh, I never left the community, still live in the area. Um, um, so I, I think that's kind of just what jumped out to me. I did, you know, so was, was that, you know what, I, I'm a mater. I know the community. I know the type of kids they get. Um, let me, let me give this a shot here, you know, um, and then secondly, some of the challenges, I think, returning home, uh, you know, I, I guess you always, I think when somebody always comes home, you, you know, you get the, everybody wants a piece of the pie, right? Like, um, uh, you know, you, you get, you get all the phone calls, Hey man, you know, and, it, and it's good. It's bittersweet, you know, like you got a lot of support from alums or basketball people. Hey, let me know if I can help. And so I, I, I think the challenge that I've been facing, you know, is just, really just managing expectations right um and, and trying to change the culture um you know i think that, i think also number two would be like changing the culture of a program that you know in the past couple of years have struggled um uh, to win some games a little bit so i guess uh you know adjusting a new culture and setting new expectations and standards uh to 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 players that maybe not had been used to these uh, high standards um, has been kind of been a challenge, but um, the feedback and the response has been awesome um, to these standards that we're trying to build there. All right, so I want to I want to build on that. Um, you know, you talked about your standards. So I want to talk about you know, kind of your goals, right, for your 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 first year, um, and you know, maybe basing them off those standards. So let's go first. What are those you know those standards that Maney's is about um and then how do you gauge that not necessarily wins and losses right but you know the the intangible stuff or you know if it's x's and o's certain stats whatever whatever it may be yeah uh <clears throat> you know the standards are how, how do we set the standards i think you involve players with that right i think you we have to talk to the players individually as a group um, you know, we have these team meetings, like what, what do you, what, what did they see? What did they, what did they get? What, what do they want to get out of this year? Right. And set realistic expectations. So standards and cultures have to be players included, um, players included. I, I don't think it could be called, it can't be coach dominated. Right. Um, certainly the coach is going to have their own set of standards and expectations, but I think it's important that they, you know, we mix that a little bit with players expectations and standards, um, and all work together to kind of 
hold that culture and standard right there. Um, and, and number two, you know, I, I think you talked about goals. You know, I, I don't know if I have a specific goal, uh, but I, I just told myself, you know, I want to come here and build a culture, build a basketball program where like, hey, you know what? Uh, me and East is playing at this Christmas tournament or Thanksgiving tournament. I want to go watch and play. I, I, I would love to build this program where, you know what? People go see Mainese play in the summer or they just go catch a game and they just see how hard and how unselfish we play, right? Uh, for those basketball people to kind of just say, you know what, those Mainese, those Mainese kids, they play hard and they always play unselfishly, right? Um, you know, I'll use St. Pat's, right? You, you know, those St. Pat's players, they're always, they always play hard, right? They always share the ball. They always can shoot the ball, you know? Um, so that, I guess that's kind of the culture I'm trying to build. And I think that's a kind of unique way to measure it. Uh, measure it is like by basketball people coming to check us out and just say really like, man, those being these kids play really hard. They're fun to watch, you know, um, they're fun to watch. And I, I just think that, you know, once you establish that culture, um, then it just opens up new doors, um, you know, a little bit. I, I'm not focused on winning 20 games or 30 games. I'm focused on establishing the culture and maintaining that culture. Because I think once you, I think once you do that, um, then the good things happen, right? Uh, you know, the upsets happen, the regional championships happen when when that culture is established, and you try to protect that culture. So let me follow up on that. Then, right? We have these standards and, and the culture. Um, you know, for you, what is the process? You know, maybe when an athlete isn't meeting those standards, you know off the court, right? On the court, wherever it may be in the, in the, in the community, how do you go about having those conversations and, and helping that player kind of realize, Hey, you know, this is different than it has been before. This is where we got to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's a really good, that's a really, that's a really good question. Um, each player is different, right? You, uh, I think we all know that, uh, to push the buttons or get the most out of certain players. We kind of need to know who they are and, um, and what, what figure out what really motivates them. Right. For, for some kids, they want to go and play college basketball. Right. That's a, that's a, to me, you, you, you use college basketball as an example of like, Hey man, you, if you do this, this, this is not going to fly at, you know, St. Benedictine. Elmhurst, all right, or uh, you know, we talked about uh, Truman State, one of those Division two schools. Um, so I, I guess using real life experiences um, could be could be one. I think uh, number number two, um, or I've done this in the past. I just I simply I go and talk to them outside of uh, outside of the basketball court, and I just you know uh, let them know like, hey, you're not living up to the expectations that we have set, you know. Um, we have we we have them written down, right? We call you know I got this from Coach Bailey, the standards of excellence, right? Um, and here here it is, man. You're not you're not follow you're not reaching these expectations here. I want to follow up on that then, like so you talked about uh you know being player led in the in those standards, you know. Like what do you, what do you narrow it down to? What like what do you try to focus on? Is there certain like categories, right, or is it just you kind of let the players develop it when you're in those meetings and then you kind of add your own and you mold it all in the one, you know, I, I, I was always interested to see how that process works. Cause 
you know, we all work with, with kids and things like that. Sometimes <laughs> that's a hard process, right? In, in yeah. these days and days, because they don't, yeah. you know, they, they might know, but they might not know how to communicate it or what it looks like. So how, how do you go about that process when you first, when you first started it out? I, I've always find that. I, yeah. Yeah. When I, when I first started it out, it was simply as, um, Hey, what, what didn't you like last year that you guys want to hold yourself accountable with? And, you know, they don't, they don't give the, the, you know, you know, the players, they give, uh, you know, kind of very, uh, very high school response. And, you know, the coaches are there to kind of like, okay, let's, let, let's figure this out. So I guess, an, uh, I guess an example is, um, the, the standard the standard was you know you're on time to practice right it's actually one of the standards that we have right that you're on time and you're on time ahead of time um so that that was one that was a simple one that we kind of, that they kind of brought up to my attention is like we want we want to be held accountable for you know being on time and and, and, and starting on time um and, and and so forth um and then a, a unique one um, that they 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 came up one was uh it was like number 10 um it's called finish the race right um you know they always thought like we, we coach we'll have a good we, we can have a good start you know uh, and we want to just make sure we came up with finishing the race right because it's a long we talk about how the season can be long and what can kind of hold us from you know reaching our goals right um and then it can be distractions um, all, all sorts of, you know, just uh, hurdles that can kind of, you know, uh, make the team struggle a little bit. So we talked about how we need to overcome that and, and, and finish the race. So coach, let's, let's talk about that one, that one kid, he, he just, he doesn't get it. He's not, he's not buying in. He he's, you know, there, there's all a myriad of issues, whether it's uh, lateness or absence or attitude or, just not committed, not on, not on the same, uh, as the, uh, authors like to say, he's not rowing the boat in the same direction. What's mm-hmm. the next, what's the next steps with that kid? I, I, I you know, um, um, I, I think the next step is, it's pretty easy. All right. You know, uh, rotation, right. How long is, how much more is he going to be in the rotation? Right. You find that out, you, you move on to the next kid, right. After work, certainly, you know, we work with the we work with the kid. We push the kid. We let them know this is this is not working right here. Okay, I think you can always get a, a player's attention once you start messing with their playing time a little bit. You know, uh, maybe maybe it's 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 playing time, right? Uh, maybe he doesn't start this game, right? If he's a starter, maybe he doesn't start this game. Or if hey, if he's usually getting uh, what I call three or four runs a game, um, maybe he's now only getting two runs a game. You know. Um, you know, so I, I think it's, I, I think that would be kind of the next step, um, is, you know what, maybe he, he, he's being detrimental to the team. Um, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna get him out of the rotation until he figures out in, in practice until he lives these expectations until he, until he shows, uh, his teammates, not necessarily me, but shows his teammates that, you know what, he's ready. He's ready to get back in that rotation. So moving on just into, you know, some things you've learned in your St. Pat's experience. Um, you know, if you could, if you could narrow it down, obviously we could, we could talk about dozens of things you learned, but you know, what are, what are two or three things that you took with you from, from there um, to Maine East uh, just as the first part of the question? Uh, I think the number one thing um, is preparation, right? The amount of preparation that goes in into the season and then once you're in season, um, the preparation of what 
of that longevity during the season of preparation. And by preparation is uh, getting getting the teams, knowing the other team's personnel and what they do and having a foundation and putting our players in a position to know what they're doing on the court and execute the court. Um, so I, I think preparation was the number one one thing that I really took out of, you know, being on the coach, uh, coach Bailey staff is the amount of time that we spend as a staff preparing our kids to, to, to know what's coming ahead of the season, whether it's, uh, through X and O's, um, academics, uh, or, or just, uh, simple as being fatigued. You know, you hit that, your, your players start to hit that wall of, you know, while they're hitting this wall, you know what, they may need a day or two of rest, or maybe we need to get in the weight room or do something else different in, in, uh, in, in, in practice. Um, and then, and then number two, you know, another thing I think I, I learned that from, from, from St. Pat's too is, you know, um, like, I, I think it's, I think it's, uh, you know, player relationship, you know, uh, having a relationship with the players was uh, very vital, um, you know, player relationship with, with, with players there um, was, was very important to our staff of building that relationship with, with, with kids there and maintaining those relationships. So one thing to build those relationships, but you also have to maintain those, uh, those uh, relationships with the players right there. It's, I think uh, player relationship right now, coaching, it's, it's a, it's a, it's, it's probably a top three skill that a coach must have to, to be a successful coach is that player relationship aspect. All right, so I want to, I want to take the preparation aspect to like the, the, the player level, right. Um, you know, obviously a lot of times I, I, I think, you know, when you change coaches and you, you come from a program like St. Pat's, I mean, the players don't realize the preparation that they have to have a, as well. And I always, yeah. I'm always trying to think of new ideas to help the players, yeah. you know, prepare too, because to me, preparation builds confidence, right. If, yeah. you can, if you can see it, if you can, if you have done it, then you're going to be more quick to, you know, just do it instead of react, react to it. So what are some of the things you help you, your players prepare, whether it's video, whether it's just having those, those conversations could be preseason, could be in season, you know, what, are, how do you help your players on that preparation aspect as well? Yeah, that's that's awesome. It's kind of funny because uh, <clears throat> you know we're you know we our, our our first game of the year against Naperville Central, um, or sorry, it, it was that it was that first week. Uh, we had a Thanksgiving tournament. I think the number one thing they were they, you know the players kind of look at me like, "What? We're we're gonna do that?" Like uh, we call it a walkthrough. Um, they, you know they kind of well, what's a walkthrough, coach? Um, you don't know what a, and I'm looking back. You don't know what a walkthrough is. Like this is, I think every you know a lot of teams do this. You know, um, you know, so that walkthrough, right? Uh, that that game day walkthrough, you know, uh, uh was kind of a a culture shock for for our guys. Uh, they loved it. You know, they loved it. You know, um, so you know that that walkthrough was a pretty funny one where you know we we kind of looked at each other like, what do you mean? Like, you know, what's a we're really gonna get? have 10, 20, 30 minutes of kind of like practice, you know, like, yeah, you know, on game day. Um, and then number two is um, um, I, I think uh, in terms of uh, two and three, like in preparation was a morning shoot around, right? Get in the gym at 6.30 in the morning to shoot. Uh, shooting is a big part of what we do. 
Um, and I think there were a little bit. Of, I think there were a little bit of culture shock in terms of uh, in terms of preparation was like the the scouting reports. You know, uh, you know when we would game plan. You know, we'd pick one day out of the week for and during practice. Like, hey, this is this is how Niles North plays, right? This is they deny everything. They're up the line. They're on the line. It's pressure for uh, for four quarters. Um, this this is what they do right there. Uh, in terms of preparation right there is just getting familiarizing the team with the other team's uh, style of play and their personnel. It was a little bit of a culture shock with, with all the stats. They were just amazed of, wow, this player has been scoring this amount, you know? So uh, I guess there's a two, those are two things that kind of come out of the top of the head about preparation. The other thing I wanted to hit on in that question with you was just the amount of, um, head coaches that have come from Pats and we, and we've talked to Pats assistants about this before, whether it's yourself or Matt Monroe or, or others, but you know, for you, what did you learn from, uh, the program about assistant coach development and what are some things you've taken to kind of help your assistant coaches develop? Yeah. Um, in, in, I, I think including them in a process, right. Um, uh, um, I was always included on on on, on everything, you know, um, on everything, um, and giving them a responsibility, um, and having them run with it. And I think more importantly, if I give them a responsibility, I think I have to follow. I have to follow their. I have to follow their game plan. Um, you know, certainly if I give my assistant coach uh, the duty on the bench is, hey, let's you know keep an eye on matchups. If we think we need to change matchups in our man to man. You let me know. Let's not be quick to it, but let's keep an eye on it to see um, about matchups. So right now, my assistant coach is, is really handling matchups. You know, he tells me, "Hey, we need to switch this. Let's switch it. Right? We're, we are switching this matchup and, and so forth. Or maybe we're just adjusting our uh, pickup point um, right there. So giving the assistant coaches leeway and, and, and thoughts um, and utilizing their skills and what they're what they're good at. You know, um, you know." Uh, so, I, you know, the coach would allow me to kind of uh, take segments of man to man offense uh, during practice, um, you know, and it, it just put less pressure on coach to, you know, uh, he has to be that one voice all the time. Um, so that second voice, third voice, you know, during the middle of the season where, you know, players may be tired of the head coach's voice is kind of when the assistant coach's voice may kind of take over right then and there. And it, it, I think the other thing too, coach, uh, uh, not from an X and no standpoint, like, um, and I, I tell people this a lot too, like, um, I didn't take a shortcut to get where I'm at, you know, and I kind of learned, I think, I, 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 I think that's the same pads thing from the assistant coaches there. Um, I've coached every level there, but the head varsity coach at St. Pat's, right. I've coached freshman B team for two years, freshman A team for three years, um, and then uh, sophomore slash varsity assistant for, you know, uh, another four or five years uh, there. So, like, I just felt like, you know, I, I didn't take a shortcut uh, to get to where I'm at. Um, I wasn't one of those where, like, I, I thought it was too good to coach a freshman team or a sophomore team. Um, I just worked my way up the, the ladder. And I think uh, I think it was very similar like that for the other assistant coaches, too, who who became uh, head coaches. I believe they coached at every level there too, as well. All right, so I want to transition a little bit into your your day job, uh, right? Obviously, you, you're you're a counselor as well. 
Um, and what, what are the things that coaches can learn from from the counselor aspect that could help? Right, I, we talked. I talked about it earlier. It's just a, it's the, the 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 world changed a little bit for for kids, especially after after COVID. Uh, social media, right? Things that we didn't really have when we were players, right? We didn't have to worry about any of that. Um, so, what are some of those aspects you can take and, and bring to coaches, or, or you know, some advice for coaches to bring to to help help players or help assistant coaches, right? Anybody in your program. Yeah, I think from from uh, from my counseling experience, um, I, I you know I think sometimes uh, we we coaches we get so caught up in the season um, that we forget that uh, student at, we forget that student athletes are humans and have feelings too, right? Um, and that there there are days where they're going to be bummed out or. Um, or we they they are going through something that we simply just don't know, and we didn't know that. Wow, I never thought this kid can be struggling with, you know, um, with you know handling their emotions, or maybe this kid is actually going through some family issues. So I, I think from the if I'm putting my counseling hat on, is we have to be very understanding. Uh, we have to be very understanding of 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 student situations. Um, you know, every student athlete has different circumstances and different resources um, to kind of help them, get, you know, in, in, in the basketball game. Um, and, and it's simply like one, one shoe doesn't fit all, you know, um, and it's a kind of a, an equity term, right? If I buy 10 pairs of shoes for 10 players um, and I buy them all size nine, that that's not really fair, right? Um, you know, so once one size shoe doesn't fit all for 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 everybody there, and I think we just need to understand that, you know, um, that at the end of the day, you know, student athletes do have feelings; they're humans too. You know, I think sometimes we push their buttons too much, and and it means well, and and so forth. But sometimes we have to kind of just sit back, relax—not relax, but we have to sit back and understand um, student situations and 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 outcomes. I want to go to a little more basketball related. We call this halftime adjustments. Um, this is going to be a little bit more general. Okay. So um, you, you have the things you like to do, right? You, you, you're doing uh, in a game, but you come to halftime, right? And, you know, okay, what, what we got going isn't working today, right? Mm -hmm. um, what are you more apt to do? Tweak, tweak what you're, tweak what you're doing within your systems. Keeps doing some of the same things, or maybe, you know, hey, we gotta, we gotta make a change and do something completely different. Whether it be pick and roll or this and that. Because I know some coaches, they're like, hey, we're gonna stick with what we're doing. We're gonna do it better. Um, <laughs> but or or you know, some coaches are like, hey, well, we gotta change, change it. So where where you kind of lie in that spectrum? Yeah, I, I'm a, I, I, I like. Um... I really like. Um, I, I think I'm more of a a simple a simple adjustment is more. Um, so for for instance, like um, you know, um, hey, maybe we're switching we're, we're, right now. We're switching every screen, and all of a sudden, you know what? We're, we're they're they're rating they're rating our switching scheme. Um, we're not going to switch uh, a down screen anymore with this with with this player coming off the screen. Or an, an example, an adjustment uh, yesterday was, um, you know, our pickup point, right? Instead of picking up at half, we're going to pick up at the white volleyball line, 
you know, that might make a, uh, a little bit of a, a small adjustment, a small, a small adjustment that makes a kind of a big difference. So I, I don't try to reinvent the wheel at, at halftime or in the game. Um, but I do like simple adjustments like, like, you know, adjusting pickup points, um, how what, we, we have a in-game report sheet that uh, one of my freshman coach keeps uh, hand off. And, and, you know, one of the questions is like, what plays offensively have been working for us, right? Is it going, is it our ball screen action or is it our, our screening action for our shooters um, and, and, and so forth? Um, so I, we use the in-game report to kind of decide what our, what our, adjustments should we make uh should make we keep stats of how many layups are we giving up or paint touches or paint uh scores um and that could be an adjustment of our foot positioning on our closeouts right typically we want no no paint uh no middle um and and, and so forth so I, i'm a big believer in just a simple adjustment one or two simple adjustments that can maybe result in a in a big in a big outcome uh, I think me and coach are probably going to want to get that sheet from you for sure. See, so, just to see, get some, get so. some ideas. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's always like, it's always good to have, have ideas. That's, that's one of the fun parts of us doing this is we get ideas and things we can use. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to kind of follow, there you go. Look yeah. at that. I wanted to follow yeah. up a little bit on that. Then we asked coach Wences this last week when we had her, uh, the head girls coach from Yorkville. So you have your system, right? It, you know, let's maybe in game, you're going to make a minor adjustment, but you know, as you're going along and you're kind of realizing some things aren't working, you know, like during the season and you can't keep doing it. Right. Because mm -hmm. it's not successful. When do you kind of look at that and realize, well, maybe now we gotta, we gotta try to try to do something different, keeping some of the same concepts. Right. But like, say we're switching everybody all the time and then we tried to switch we're not switching down because that quite didn't work or whatever it may be just a mm -hmm. random random example but when do you look at it and say well maybe we need to look at this and try to make a correction or or even do something different because maybe the players aren't capable of doing it or it's just not working for who we got in in the system right now yeah that's a uh that's a great question um i have i, I had written down in my notes that um i want to put everything in our system um, right before, you know, we have those two weeks of practice that last week of practice, I want, I want to have all this stuff. in, um, and I mapped it out like each day, you know, we're going to, we're going to install this, we're going to install that. So that by the time, uh, like November 18th, I think it was that Friday, everything was in place, right? This is our zone offense. This is our man to man offense. This is our ball screen offense. Um, this is our press break. Um, this is our defensive schemes right here. And I had it uh, down in my notes that um, we would make adjustments. I, I think I think right now um, we're very right now we're thinking keeps very uh, I guess gray might be the word. Um, and then by Christmas time, at the end of Christmas, our Christmas term, we're hosting a Christmas tournament or a holiday tournament. At the end of our holiday tournament is kind of where I would look back and maybe sit down with the coaching staff and ask ourselves what do we need to change, what's working for us. What do we need to tweak? What do we want to take out? What uh, is there sets that we need to get for somebody specifically? Um, and defensively, you know, where what do we like right now that we're doing defensively? What do we don't like when we're doing defense that we can kind of switch? So I would probably say after Christmas, I think we would be fourteen games in, fourteen to fifteen games in um, after our holiday tournament. So that would kind of be the time where we would kind of look to. Um, 
you know, uh, either A, add more flavor to the, to the system or B, uh, we're, we're, we're subtracting some stuff. Well, I really like what you said there too about subtracting, right? Cause I think sometimes that's, that's more of it, right? It's like, mm -hmm. Hey, I thought this was going to work, but it doesn't work for who we got. So let's just take, take that mm -hmm. out and work on the, work on the things, uh, you know, that, that, that we're good at. I, you know, I think sometimes subtraction is the key as opposed to, right. Cause all coaches fall in the trap. Hey, well, yeah, we can get this, yeah. we can get this, we get this. And, mm -hmm. you know, it just, uh, every year, every year is different. So I really like the subtraction part of it too. Simple is best. Simple is best. Yeah. I, I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a big believer in, you know, we're going to talk about simple is best. I'm going to skip to the question that you guys sent me about what is my favorite shoe. Right. Um, and, and listen, I, you know, people laugh, but I'm a big, just a general, I love a good old pair of white Air Force Ones, right? Uh, or white, white or all black Air Force Ones, right? Um, I, I just, it's simple. I'm comfortable in them. Uh, they're nice. You can't go wrong, you know? So uh, certainly I love my, a, a good pair of uh, Jordans or two, but simple to me is, 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 is best and, and more. So we wanted to get into a unique thing, and I don't think we've really talked to any of our guests about this, um, but just your experience with feeder basketball. Um, and and th there's hundreds of thousands of coaches out there that run high school programs that have a feeder program or a connection to a, a, an underlevel program that, you know, kind of helps them get their, their student athletes ready for high school. But, um, you know, for your experience, um, you know, with feeder basketball, what are some things that make a feeder program successful? And then for a program that's looking to start one, maybe what's your best advice to that head high school coach on establishing that? Yeah, coach, that's a, this is a great question. And I might get a little bit off topic a little bit at first, uh, but I will get to that question. Um, you know, uh, so uh, Friday night we played Niles North and it happened to be my former high school coach, uh, Coach Olson. Uh, he was my high school coach at Maynese High School. Um, and he, you know, he's, he's kind of probably the reason why I got into coaching. Um, you know, uh, I thought when he was coaching at May Nice, he just really inspired a lot of us to just, you know, um, um, he just inspired us, right. He was a really good motivator, um, and made basketball fun for us. Um, and you know, I had, I had good coaches at May, at May Nice when I was a player. So co coach, I think he's a little bit tired of feeder and I, I uh, Coach Olson, uh, I'm 18 years old. It's my first year out of high school. Um, I'm at a community college, and you know he he had remembered that I told him I want to get into coaching, and he had called me um, on a I think I believe it was on a Wednesday. He just called me randomly, Coach. Or he didn't call me, Coach Serge. Do you want to coach? Yes. So okay, I got a feeder gig for you tomorrow at seven o'clock. I'm like. A coach, I'm unprepared. Like I've never coached at, at this at this point. I'm, I'm you know I'm unprepared. Um, so I started coaching. Uh, my first my first coaching gig was uh, coaching Niles North feeder uh, seventh grade team. Um, and Coach Olson uh, was the one who who taught me how to how to how, you know how to just become an effective coach. And um, at that first set, he just threw me in the fire. Right. Here's the team, you know the system, you know the way I like kids to play, you know expectation. Here's what I want you to do with the seventh grade feeder team right there, and I just took off with it. Um, um, so I, I I did feeder basketball at Niles North for under Coach Olson when he, when he made the switch to uh, not to coach at Niles North. Um, so he gave me my first he gave me my first I guess coaching job. 
uh, with feeder basketball. And I think I did it there for four years, uh, three to four years or, or two years, two, two, three years. I can't remember, but I had the time of my life coaching those guys. Um, and, and still, and still really have, um, still keep in contact with some of those players there, you know, who, who are done with college now. It's kind of crazy, you know, but I was 18 years old coaching uh, seventh graders, uh, feeder basketball right there. So uh, my experience with feeder, it, 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 it's great. in in so many, it's great in so many ways. Um, you know, uh, one, you know, for me, it was, it gave a, it gives opportunity to develop coaches, right. Uh, and keep coaches around, um, uh, around the program, as, as we know, you know, one coach, it's, it can't do it all, right? We need to get everybody in the community involved with 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 players and student athletes. So, um, the feeder the feeder system, I think, is such a it plays an it plays a it plays a integral part in in, in the school success. Um, it really does, um, and it, it develops the culture at an early age, the the good habits, the, the skill work, the 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 how do I say this the the work ethic you know um and what it does it, it includes it, it it just you know when you're a young student athlete and you see like the guys playing in the varsity game it's almost like an inspiration for they're really a role model the varsity guys are really a role model for those seventh and eighth graders like man I want to be like you know my point girl and I like I want to be I could be like Daryl Gotti you know um you know, I, I think that plays an integral part right there. Um, so it's it, it, the feeder system is very important, you know, uh, very important. And it's it's actually a little. I think nowadays in, in the public school sense, it's a little bit uh, it's a little bit tougher to run. I think you know, there's some uh, you have to follow some district policies. Um, there's some district policies that uh, you, you need to work around. Um, but once you figure that, once you know, once we figure that stuff out, it's going to be an integral part of uh, what we do. Um, as you know, uh, playing, uh, starting basketball early age, it's, it's kind of important. <laughs> so, um, just a di different take here. So, you know, you got a coach that's been a head coach for a lot of years, you know, they can fall, fall back on experience and obviously you've been coaching, right. But you take that, take that, you know, 18 inches over, as they say, right. To the, to mm -hmm. the head coach from you know, being in assistant, what are some of the advantages of that, of being a, of being a young coach and uh, that you can utilize that maybe older coaches don't have? It's a different different twist on it. What do you think, you know, having a just a, a fresh start and then starting your own thing uh, can be an advantage over maybe someone who's been somewhere for a long time or or kind of done done the same thing? Yeah, um, that's a that's a that's a tough one. You know, Coach Bailey's up there, but like you never thought like he'd be. You know, he had all that young energy. You know, um, I, I I guess an advantage I think I would have for for being a a young uh, a young coach um, is just the uh, you know I guess the player relationship part maybe you know um, probably the player relationship part um, being able to relate to kids outside of basketball, right? Um, outside the uh, outside of basketball, like knowing, you know, uh, like being able to relate to them about music or movies or, or you know, uh, other uh, other topics that are, are are that are trending right there. Um, so I, I just think that player relationship part, maybe, um, you know, that player relationship part that you know, I 
we we could just relate to stuff outside and inside of basketball and 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 so forth. Um, you know, uh, I don't want to go and say I have a little bit more energy than an older coach. I think that's I think that's false. I think there's a lot of older coaches that still have a lot in the, in, the, in the tank and show the enthusiasm. So I'm gonna go with player relationship. And then just to build off uh, of that a little bit, it just this is actually a more X's and O's question. We really haven't done too much X's and O's with you, but um, you know, when you started, how did you go about deciding what you wanted to do X's and O's wise? Obviously, you came from a program that was very one three one uh, heavy, mm-hmm. and and we talked to coach about that. So, you know, how did you go about you know maybe uh, taking some things you learned as an assistant, but then also putting your own twist on it and then matching it with your guys? Yeah, um, I, I think number one is uh, familiar, familiarizing myself with like, you know, player, players and their personnel and what they feel comfortable and effective in doing. What can they do? Um, you know, I get the question all the time. Hey, are you bringing the one three one? And I'm like, no, I mean, as of right now, I'm not going to eventually come. Maybe. Um, but right now we we are a uh, uh, we are a man to man defense that switches everything, you know, no and ifs or buts right it is what it is. We are switching everything, right? Um, so I think blowing per- player personnel and, and taking a really good look at it. You know, um, you know, I was lo- I was fortunate enough to have a summer with with our guys, and that, and that was a good telling of, uh, you know, what's what players can do what on on the court right now, um, and you know, playing a very similar style of offensively uh, from Pats. Uh, with some dribble drive stuff, you know, going downhill, turning the corner, going downhill, uh, ball speed, ball reversals, um, spacing the floor, um, a lot of driving kicks, uh, a lot of uh, drive kicks, uh, downhill drive stampedes, we call them, um, and, and, and so forth. So I, I think just, you know, uh, the X and O standpoint, I just always have in the back of the head, right? When you're an assistant coach or you're coaching high school, you see a lot of basketball. Um, you know, you see a lot of basketball, um, you know, and I'm, and I, I would just always say like, man, and I'm scouting, right. I would always say like, Hey, I really like how, uh, now North really gets after it defensively. You know, I really, you know, I, I want to keep that in my, the back of my pocket. All right. Or I really like how the Paul prep switches, uh, everything. I really want to keep that in the back of my pocket. Um, you know, I, I really like, uh, you know, Bennett's baseline out of bounds. You know, I'm going to keep that in my back of the pocket. So grabbing, certainly I grabbed a lot from St. Pat's, but I, I think I grabbed a lot from a lot of programs too. Just little stuff that I saw of how they played and, and actions they run. Um, just putting that in my, in, in my back pocket right there as, as, as well. Right. It, it's the same, right. Coaches do everything from yeah, each other yeah. all the time. Right. I, I mean, you. You're just swiping stuff here and there and you make it your own. Right. You, hey, yeah. I can, I'm, I can do that. Yeah. Right. You know, seriously. Yeah. So I just take a little bit out there. There's a lot of good basketball in Illinois that you just, I, I just, I take little things from here and there. Like I like this, how they run their baseline out of bounds. I, I like, uh, uh, not, I like, I really like some of Niles North's uh, quick hitters um, or, you know, St. Pat's offense or, you know, the Paul preps, you know, switching, um, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff I really uh, like out there from other programs. So I want to go back. You mentioned relationships a lot, but I want to go back to like, okay, you get the job and you got, you talked about getting to know your kids and know personnel, um, know them as, as people. Um, what was your process to start that? And then how do you continue that throughout 
you know, their career, whether, you know, the season, their right. freshman to a sophomore, you know, because there's obviously, you know, a relationship with a, with a, a freshman is different than, than a senior, right? Just because they have more experiences with communicating with adults and, and mm-hmm. coaches and, and things like that, they're learning. So uh, kind of talk about your process of building those relationships and continuing it throughout the years that they're there and throughout the season, whatever. Yeah, I, um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm a big, I, I have this thing that I just, I call it, I call it in between time. Um, you know, um, it's, and it's something I just kind of made up and went and kind of went with it. Right. Um, players don't know it's in between time, but I know that it's in between time. And here's what I mean by in between time. I think relationships are built in between time. Practice is over. I'm racking the basketballs. I'm walking the basketballs to the closet and a player has happens to walk with me right or I ask a player hey help me put this can you help me put this uh uh basketball stuff away and right then and there it's I'm getting to know that player right hey who who who, who, what do you like to eat you know what do you eat right or uh tell me a little bit about uh your 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 school experience right now how's your senior year going right now okay uh what do you do at home when you're when you're not here on the basketball court so like just in between time right if I'm fortunate enough to bump into them in the hallway, right, right then and there, hey, how's your how's your day going? Or if I see that they have AirPods in, to pull out your phone. I need to know who you're listening to right now, and I'm gonna add it to my playlist, right? Um, you know, so that's just those those little minutes in between where we're not actually on the basketball court is where I try to build a relationship with with them, um, and it's probably most likely have nothing to do with basketball. It's just simply the fact, and maybe this is a counselor thing too, you know, uh, just getting to know their, their, their background and their, their family, uh, their, their, their family um, culture, right? Um, and understanding that right there. So I call it in between time, right? You're walking, you know, you're walking to put the basketball ways. You pick a player and you help me do this. You know, uh, if I see him in the hallway, right? Just again, hey, what's going on? How's your day? You know, tell me who you're listening to these days, you know? Uh, so I, I think that's kind of how I, I build a player relationship. I try to be um, authentic as possible when it comes to building a relationship, right? Um, you know, I, I never want to be, I never, I never want to try to be somebody who I'm not on, on, as a coach. You know, I'm just trying to be who I am, who I am as a person. Um, I think being authentic is is a key also, uh, not trying to fake it, uh, not, not trying to fake it, but just uh, keeping it real with with players that, um, uh, I want to get to know them, you know, I want to get to know them. I love the idea of the in-between time. That's, that's one of my favorite segments that we've had in a while. That was, that was excellent. That's a, a great idea for coaches out there that in-between time. Um, mm-hmm. so as we get in, uh, to our final two segments, uh, the first one we call 30 second timeout. This is kind of your, your platform to kind of talk about whatever you want, any subject you're passionate about. Could be basketball related, could be family related, could be anything. Um, we have guests turn it on. Todd and I ask us a question. Uh, so it's it's kind of your segment to talk about whatever you want. Okay. Um, well, I love the questions you guys ask me. What would I be doing if I wasn't a coach? It was, right? Was that what was that one was that it was one of them, right? Yeah. Um, I I, t- I tell people this all the time. If I probably wasn't coaching, I, first of all, I have no idea what I would do. Like I really don't. Right? Basketball is all I know. Um, but but if I think if I wasn't coaching basketball, I think I'd be a full time DJ. 
I love music. I love music. I love playing music for people at events. I love playing uh, music at family gatherings. Um, I, I, I love playing music. I think I would probably be a, a DJ for sure, you know. Um, and then the other thing is um, I, I like to ask people what TV shows they watch now, you know. Um, there's there's at least one or two times during the week where I try to put like, you know, uh, after a long day, I, I try to put just I need to watch a TV show to get my mind off things, right? Uh, stimulate my mind right here, you know. So um, I'm I'm a, I'm a big TV show guy. I I love uh, I love rewatching episodes of Entourage uh, on HBO. I'm not sure if you guys have seen that Entourage, that but yeah, they're they're 30 minute episodes and they're funny. They're hilarious. Um, you know, um, so I, I, I love rewatching those shows to kind of just get me in the mood and lift my spirits up and, and crack a laugh um, and, and so forth. And then uh, from a basketball standpoint, you know, uh, I, I love the NBA League Pass. I'm a big League Pass guy, you know, just to the night, the night's ending, put on a game of a, one of those Western Conference games, watching some NBA League Pass games. What are the teams you like watching? Um, I like asking people what we're talking about, you know, like I think one, I really, a team of, Lately, I've been like watching is uh, the Sacramento Kings. I mean, they, they they're they're pretty fun to watch, um, and uh, the Memphis Grizzlies obviously are really fun to watch too. So, uh, those are just a couple of things I I I, um, I like, you know. All right, let's get into our quick hitters here. I'm gonna I'm gonna add one. You you mentioned to be a DJ, right? What would your DJ name be? That's that's a key thing uh, if you're gonna be a DJ. You gotta have a name. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I think lately, uh, lately I've been using the name uh, uh, DJ Ice. I don't know why. I just like okay. DJ Ice. Okay. You, know, you, you got to have one, right? You got to have That's part of the brand, right? Yeah, DJ right. Ice. Yeah. I like that. Next one. Uh, all right, what is the date you can put up holiday decorations? Is there a specific time? Again, like you can't do it before Thanksgiving. You got to do it after. What, what is the date for holiday decorations? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's the Wednesday before th- uh, it's the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Uh, usually that Wednesday, um, I usually try to find time to um, to put up the put the, put up the Christmas tree uh, up right there. So it's it's usually that Wednesday. I think this year it was uh, this year was actually that sun. It was actually the Sunday, uh, just because I, I you know uh, first year head coach, you know we got games Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I didn't want to risk that, you know. Uh, I, I don't want to get all stressed over it. Like I got to do the tree, but in the years past, it has been that Wednesday before Thanksgiving. All right. So then we're going to go with, since you just talked about music, I want you to think about your favorite kind of music. That's maybe under listened to by other people. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a couple, there's a couple, there's a couple things. Uh, I, I, I've been lately very like in a tropical, um there's on apple music uh it's an afro music playlist and, and it's got like you know uh you know one of my best friends uh my best friend is jamaican so i uh he really introduced me to like reggae you know um so i uh i don't i don't know if reggae is under this but that that genre of reggae has my my love for reggae has kind of evolved into this you know uh music scene that's you know afro uh music types and it's very calming it's very I like it because it's very happy. Um, it's like, it, it gives me the vibe of I'm at a beach, relaxing. It's good weather. It's sunny outside and and and, and so forth right there. I could send you a couple songs just for you to kind of get a good taste out of, out of that right then and there. 
We could, we could certainly use a beach right now with the weather we got going on. <laughs> it's good yeah, good yeah. Beach. This is actually this is actually the time I started listening to that 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 genre, this uh, that Afro music uh, uh playlist right there. It's yeah, just to kind of yeah. There's no beach opportunities yeah. during the uh, basketball season. That's for sure. Uh, never, yeah, never, never. All right, so it could be it could have been playing or coaching. What was your biggest superstition? Playing or coaching. Oh man. Um oof. I think as a as a coach, um socks. Okay. Um socks. I gotta wear I gotta wear I gotta wear two pairs of socks. Hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's a weird one. Right. I gotta wear two pairs of shots to socks to uh to be comfortable in the streets. Cause you know, you're standing all day, you're moving, yeah. you know. I it just it, to be it puts a little bit more uh cushion on the on the feet right there a little bit more on the feet you know so uh two pairs of socks double socket double socket all right so we got uh you could own any car in the world what car would you own and any car in the world oh man that's that's a that's a that's a good one uh there's probably two cars uh i love Ever since I was young, I just I need like a 1967 Chevy Cutlass. That's number one. There you okay, go. All, yeah, I got uh, so I, I just love those old school uh, Cutlass. You know, a Nova. Uh, you know, so um, mm. I'm gonna go with like a 1967 Cutlass. Uh, 1967 Cutlass. Um, that that's gonna be the car I want. And I guess the second modern day car is you know I've always loved the Porsche. Um, I always love the Porsche, a good old coupe Porsche. There you go. All right, uh, in-game dress. What do you what do you you rock? It doesn't change. Do you have a certain style? What what do you what are you looking for? Uh, the, my like in-game. Game, what are you wearing to coach? What do you, you go on casual? Yeah, what's the in-game attire? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So for game for game days, it's been. Um, uh, I think there was only one game that I didn't do it, and I regret it. Uh, but my my motto going into the year was I'm always gonna wear black, all black, uh, yeah. black or blue. Uh, so the for most of the majority of games I wore all black. Um, and two black shoes I have. I have a, um, you know, uh, a pair of nice Alexander McQueen black shoes that are very casual. And then uh, my thing this year was I'm gonna wear black. I'm gonna coach in black Air Force ones. Um, you know. So lately it's been black shoes, black, uh, black pants and a black quarter zip, right. Then a black quarter zip. I think I do have been using a blue quarter zip too, but, uh, I, I try to go with the all black, the all black, you know, I, I just like, and I think I got that from the, from the NBA, a lot of NBA, they just, no matter what their colors are, they, they wear that all black right. quarter zip and more specifically the Miami heat, you know, I see a Miami heat. I always feel are wearing all black. I think that, I think that's a Miami heat too. All right, so then we're gonna go. I I added a couple just just at the end. One you talked about television shows. What was your favorite TV show from your childhood? My favorite TV show from my childhood. Oh man. Um, well, I guess growing up as a kid, um, I, I you know when you asked me that question, the first thing that jumped out to me, um, you know, my first love and passion was actually wrestling, uh, the WWF. So like I was a big WWF guy before basketball. Like before I kind of took off with basketball and playing, I was so much into the WWF. I think 
Stone Cold, Steve Austin, and The Rock were probably my first role models. Uh, so I, I love wrestling. Um, you know, I, I, TV shows growing up, uh, you know, The Simpsons. You know, I, I was a big Simpsons guy growing up. Um, you know, uh, that, that, that kind of had to play a big factor in what I watched too. So wait a minute. Does that mean you're going to coach Batista and telling him you want to run a wrestling practice? What are you going to call him? <laughs> oh man. No, man. Uh, not, 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 no, not, 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 I don't know if I can do that, but, uh, that's a good one though. I will let him know you said, you, you, you said I, that. Right I'll there, tell him that myself. Yeah. You I can tell think, him. I don't think you're allowed to give stunners in high school wrestling. Are you stone cold stunners? I don't think that's, <laughs> I think that's frowned upon. I don't, not sure. Yeah. Yeah, man, that was, yeah, that was my, that was my first love, my first passion. The first thing that I ever really got invested in was, uh, was wrestling the big WWF, WWE. I used to wrestle with my sisters, wrestle with my cousins. Like we, I, man, Stone Cold, wow. Like he was like my first role model. That's awesome. I like that. All right. So last one, uh, like the craziest thing someone's yelled at you in a game. It could be something that you thought, Hey, that's really good or something great, whatever it may be. What? Something that you're like, oh man, what ha- what just happened there? Uh, man, there's there. I, I can't think of one on top of my head during in in, in uh, like an in game that's like a negative one. But I, I think one that I thought was pretty funny, and I told the coaches at St. Pat's this: we're playing in the fall league, and um, you know, I kept hearing people say, "Man, uh, St. Pat's got a good, real good JV team." They got, they got a real good JV team. It was actually my main niece, uh, varsity team. But since they saw me, they thought, like, oh, he's still at St. Pat's, and this is what their sophomore team is, you know? Like, I thought that was hilarious. I I, St. Pat's got a real good JV. I thought that was hilarious. Uh, <laughs> that was a hilarious. Uh, I think another fun one I experienced yesterday was uh, an official after the captain's meeting came up to me and says, hey, I need to talk to you. And he, he pulled me to the side, and um, um, he says, I'm going to let you know right now you do not have the you. Mike Bailey's coaching box extends all the way over there. You, you are not Mike Bailey. Your coach's box is right here. Oh my lord! Slow down. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was hilarious. It was really funny. It was really funny. You know, it's always good to see when officials have a good sense of humor. The other day, I was watching the Pats Notre Dame game on stream because I couldn't make it, and there there was one play. He was more on the court than the point guard. It's like okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, So that that was a couple a couple things right there. Then I can recall of of just stuff you're hearing when you while while you're coaching. Come coach the girls girls game, coach. They won't even let you take a half a inch out of the coach's box. It's ridiculous. And then they yell at you. Yeah, on the floor. Yeah, (laughs) right. It's like come on now. You go watch a men's game and there's guys halfway on the court, like standing there. And no, we got we had the coaches box. It's kind of crazy. But, well, coach, yeah. coach, we really enjoyed our time with you. This was a fun hour yeah. to to get to to know you and get to know Maine East basketball and what you're about. So, uh, thanks for jumping on with us today. And 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 uh, no, and thanks. We really for, appreciate thanks for, it. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. I was shocked that I was selected. I was like, dude, I I, I, I don't know. Like, we, by the time we do this, we can. Be five and oh, six and oh, or opposite, like uh, you know. But no, thanks, you know, thanks, you know. Uh, you are you guys done a good job with this. I love uh, I love Brandon Bailey's and, and, and Bundy's uh, podcast right there. I got the chance to listen to those two. Uh, so, um, it was really, it was really, it was really good. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate this. 
thank you for listening to another episode of the After the Timeout podcast in concert with the Illinois Basketball Coaches Association. Please remember to give us a five-star rating wherever you may listen. For more show content and upcoming episodes, follow us on Twitter at After the Timeout and subscribe to our podcast for upcoming episodes. Thank you for listening.